Okay, so now this week, uh, because we don't have a theme song, so time for recommendations, <laughs> Kevin and Rafa. All right, dude. <laughs> it won't be hard to top that. Do you guys uh, celebrate Memorial Day or, well, not celebrate. Nope. Oh my God, that was terrible. Do you guys, you know, is it a national holiday? It is not. Okay, yeah. So it is just American thing. Yeah. So I was working today. Yeah. So I wasn't because well, even though I work remote, like it would make sense for me to take my local national holidays, right? Right. Then I, I would be working when everyone wouldn't and vice versa. Although it might be weird if like, everyone's on vacation in portugal yeah, and then it is weird you're still working if you if you want to make plans with other people other yeah. humans i don't do that often so uh <laughs> <laughs> but this okay. often happens that like you have a holiday and they don't have it in the u.s or it's not at the same oh yeah moment. yeah not a lot i mean i don't know every every now and then like maybe five times a year or something five six times a year okay um, well, we share uh, things like, you know, Christmas and... <laughs> <laughs> so no shit. So anyway, so that meant I had um, a long weekend and I was like, uh, stayed at home all by myself today. Felt great. I started... So this is... Uh, this is, is this a show? This is probably the show. Yeah. I started like this side project thing and it felt good. Like I'm, I'm at that phase. Huh. I'm at that phase where... I have no idea what I'm doing. Even if, like, for example, if I were to start uh, an iOS app, for example, I had some idea what I was doing, right? But right now it's like I know almost, almost nothing. Do you um, want to reveal what the side project is? Not really. Just, it's not that I'm, like, afraid that people who steal my idea. It's just because I am not confident enough that this will ever see the light of day and, or that I'm even, even able to do it. So I don't want to like, by saying it, I'm putting the pressure on myself to make this happen. I'm not sure that I want that pressure yet. <laughs> huh. um, and also, this is weird, but because the WWDC is right around the corner, and right. uh, new APIs and new OSs are always exciting, and they always trigger like new ideas. Um, so it might well happen that in a couple of weeks, like I, I'm going to build an iOS app or a watchOS app or break to save too or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I can't maintain two side projects. Anyway, right. So, so, so wait. I was. Uh, mm. You mentioned that it's something that you don't know a lot about. Is it still well, design and development related, well, or is it well, 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 well. different? Yes. Okay, it's a fashion thing. Uh, no, <laughs> well, I don't know. No, it's totally, it's totally. Maybe you could have started making thing. hats or something. Who knows? Hey, that's true. Uh, no, no, it's oh, okay. It's not that I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm touching new technologies that I really haven't tried before. So it's a very, like, it's a lot of experimenting. I can tell, like, all right, it involves React. That, that is fine. Um, and I was playing with style components, which is also fine. And then I was playing with, um, <laughs> um, well, now I'm really into um, Node and uh, creating scripts uh, in Node. Hmm. And maybe Electron may be a thing soon. Ah, interesting. All <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, that's all I can say. So basically today I spent almost the whole day just playing with Node and writing some scripts, some 
things like create files and append this <laughs> to the file and start these servers stuff, stuff like that huh, cool that's exciting yeah it's exciting i have no idea what i'm doing again but it's like cool this works uh, right. you spend like two hours trying to make that like, moment inside projects is always so exciting yeah when you're just it, like getting your idea out there and like trying to hack things together to see if it even works at all i love that part of side projects yeah it's so it, it's weird because like the rewards and the effort they're really not that balanced you know it's like <laughs> you can spend like three days to make one light switch you know turn on or something Ooh. Um, but it's still it feels amazing getting no more, i'm not uh, more no 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 that's not that's not. <laughs> It was just a random example. I'm not playing with yeah, lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> um, anyway. But no, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of this weird thing, right? Like where you'll put so much effort and then like it's not going to work for the longest time. And then you'll finally make mm -hmm. the smallest little thing work. But then it'll feel amazing because like you just discovered how to do something for the, new for the first time. So right. I, I exactly. totally feel that. Yeah, my problem is when it doesn't feel new anymore. When you're just like, okay, I kind of know everything I need to do. It's just a lot of work. Then it feels. I like don't it's think less that ever exciting. happens. Like especially in programming, right? It's always trying to solve problems. Yeah. Like there's not. I never reach a point where like, well, yeah, I can solve every problem quickly. It's just a matter of putting in the hours. You know. That, yeah. That well, never the thing I reach sometimes is like, <laughs> so what I have works. It kind of sucks, but and I know that I could rewrite it better, but then that would be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, that happens when you're new to something. So yeah. you start doing something for the first time or you're still very rookie. And by the end, well, by the time you get something working, you've learned so much because you were just everything was new to you. You learned so much that... At that point, if you could just rewrite or redo everything you did, you'd be so much better because you learned yeah. so much. So, Which is basically yeah. what I've just done recently with photo edit. <laughs> Which is kind of frustrating because it I'm like totally missing my deadline. Yeah. Like for sure. Um, it's tricky. I'm getting like really close though to be like on par with what the old version was. But okay. it's so That's much good better. News. Like it'll be so Goodness. much easier to like tweak stuff and add new things and and build on on that foundation. Like I'm I'm so happy that I did it. It's just kind of frustrating that it's taking this long to do it, and I'm I'm effectively like coding the app twice, hmm. which is kind of a bummer. But you know, that's it, man. I, I think I think it's it's so worth it. Like I'm I'm learning an incredible amount because of, by doing it. Um, and you know, but it's not your main like it's not your main job. Like it's okay. It's not just a startup, and you have, you know, the cash is running out. It's right. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's not awesome to miss deadlines and maybe the timing not being not so great. But like, there's no really like it's not the end of the world. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, totally. Hi, <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, where we uh, <laughs> complain about self projects and they're hard. Um, but hey, advice for everyone maybe uh, thinking of trying to do something and having no idea how to do it, and that 
is, you know, that's not a motivator. Uh, believe me, you can do like just divide and conquer. Just like I had <laughs> no um, no expectations to be able to even put this up like a, a very alpha version. It was like, all right, just step by step, you know, create a React project, whatever. Do this, install that, do that, and you know, you, you you'll be amazed at what you could actually do. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. Hi. Cool. On that note. <laughs> On that note, let's uh, get to the show. Um, we don't have follow-up. I'm, I'm noticing a trend. Um, I've used things more and more. <laughs> cool. And I'm liking it way more than I did, and I already liked it a lot. Um, I found this article, well, not article, this uh, support thing on their website, on uh, Rog- uh, not Rogamiba, Cultural Code. Um, it's like a script, an Apple script that you can you can use to import uh, to-dos from other apps. So Todoist, OmniFocus, and stuff like that. So uh, right now, if you bought it, so you bought it from the Mac App Store, you, you, and you're trying to import it from OmniFocus, you have to wait. So you're in my position. Um, I have to wait for a, an update that'll be published to the App Store. By the way, it's probably taking a bit longer because Memorial Day and weekend, so it's taking a while. Um, but they will release a fix, so you can use that Apple script to export and import all of your notes from well, not notes, uh, to dos from OmniFocus. And because it's taking a while, and I just started using it, and, and I am using it um, now, I'm I'm thinking if I do, I really want to export all of all those to dos from OmniFocus, or take this opportunity to start fresh. Right. No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, like I don't know how we will how will the import work, right? Because it's not apples to apples comparison. Like you know, you don't have like headers in OmniFocus, or and you have a lot of nested uh, projects in OmniFocus that you can't have in things. So I'm a bit afraid of that will mess all up. So maybe I won't do it. But hey, if you're on that boat, now you know. Cool. Yeah. One thing that's been bothering me, bothering me about um, things that I kind of recently noticed is that um, you can have areas. Um, so for me, I have like, for example, Shopify and I have personal projects. Um, and then within Shopify, I have a bunch of projects that I'm working on. Um, what I want to see is all of my Shopify to-do lists. Uh, or mm-hmm. like to do's from all the projects so basically like grouped by project and there doesn't seem to be any way to view that by clicking on the shopify heading what you need to do is go to anytime and that shows you sort of what i want except it shows me all of my projects so yeah, i see a bunch of like personal projects which i don't need to see like when i'm at work the one thing that I did was apparently you can add tags to, um, well, to anything really, but I added one to uh, the Shopify area and the tag is called Shopify. <laughs> when you go to anytime, <laughs> then there's pills at the top of the page. This is all or Shopify. So if I click that, then I only see my Shopify to do's, but it's kind of a messy workaround. Yeah, that's a nasty hack. But, but hey, um, kudos for you to figure that out. 
Um, I yeah, I gave up. I was like, oh, you can't do that. Cool, right? Uh, <laughs> and I just gave up. Um, I feel like there's some stuff that I'm missing. You know, just like, and maybe it's because I'm coming from OmniFocus. You can nest and create folders and groups of everything, basically. Um, so I miss that control over you know heather headings or heathers whatever they call it it's good but it's not enough right right <laughs> or like to just group more things inside more things but create like folders or groups or whatever um yeah and that's an interesting thing to me um over the last week or so um trying to use things is how the landscape has changed these days with tools like paper yeah. I, I feel like paper in a way is almost like a better tool for a lot of things that I need. <laughs> uh, I do like using things still for to do's that are just for me and that have like specific deadlines and stuff. But um, I really like the flexibility of paper uh, that I can kind of form however I want. Like I can have five different level of headings if I want to, like I can have more context here and there i can have nested things like it's just, it just is a lot of a lot easier to kind of work with and and shape to the way that you want to work and it's also easily shareable between people which things is not so yeah i don't know i just yeah. thought that was interesting I, mean, I, I use paper for all netlify things but i never use paper as a to-do list task manager thing mm. that makes sense yeah, we've been using um, it to track um, some of our projects when we're working like the entire team together. Um, mm -hmm. We do have a lot of like GitHub issues, but one thing that we found, mm -hmm. even with like GitHub's new project management thing, mm -hmm. um, it's it's hard to see what's going on. <laughs> There's just so much. Like there is a, a vertically scroll, uh, horizontally scrolling list of a bunch of vertically scrolling like bunch of cards mm -hmm. and just it gets really messy to see like okay what are we doing this week what have we achieved like on a week per week basis um and on so a team level yeah on a team level um hmm. so one of the things that we've been using is using paper and basically every week what we do is whenever we sit down together and kind of plan the week we write down like our top whatever like top five priorities Mm -hmm. and we can like kind of assign them to people right there and basically have like a checklist with a bunch of stuff uh, that we want to get done and then at the end of the week we kind of review them we check off the things that we've done and the things that we haven't done we move them on to the next week and then maybe reprioritize but what that lets us do is be able to see okay on like that week we've done a ton of things on the next week we haven't like what happened <laughs> um so it's actually been like quite useful for that um and just like that's a really simple insight. plain list um that everyone can look at that's very interesting because we are using github projects for our sprints and it holds up pretty well but then again like we're a very small team so maybe that is not scalable and i can totally see that um yeah i mean not saying that that's right for everybody obviously right um we but. yeah we use a paper we use github a lot and i know that some teams like it's not one tool for the whole company so for example a lot of people in the marketing team they they use uh, trello a lot and we really don't on a product team. right so i hate uh, it's trello. Like you, can, you can use whatever um 
You what? I hate Trello. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, and we also use something called Gel. That's Gel. J E L L. Never heard yeah, of that. Which is like um, instead of having stand ups, we just every morning, like it has cool Slack integration. So it's very basic. It's just every morning, everyone just types in the plan for the day, like whatever you're going to work on. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have to go to that meeting and I'm going to try to finish those mockups, whatever. And like no pressure, no commitment. Like it's not something that you're going to have to do. Like it's not a to-do list. It's really, what is your plan for today? Um, so it's a, it's a good way for you. If you want, you can just go check and see, have like this picture of what is everyone in the company doing today, right. which is that's cool. Nice Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It also has a native iOS app. So if you're into that, yeah. Uh, now, I mean, ever since things came out, uh, what I'm doing is, besides all of those tools, uh, I just have the today um, list of, on things uh, open on my like on my iMac, just a very very small window in the corner, mm-hmm. and I just add stuff there when I need to. And uh, a cool thing about the that today list is, if you can't finish something uh, on that day, it will still be there the next day, right? It doesn't go to this separate folder called like missed or like uh, do or whatever. Is that uh, what happens like that. in uh, in OmniFocus? <laughs> uh, yeah, like there's uh. some things. It's not really. It doesn't really have a today thing, but yeah, you can if you go to the calendar, you can totally see like. In the past, there was like tasks still to do. Right. Um, so I like this. Like, there there is no pressure to, you know, check everything because you know the next day they're still there. Like, if you can't do something in today, you just do it tomorrow. Um, so that's been working out fine. This is kind um, of my philosophy on getting things done. If you can't do anything, <laughs> something today, just do it tomorrow. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Boss, I'm sorry I missed that deadline. I'll just do it tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's get to topics, dude. This is already right. like 20 minutes in or something. Cool. All right. Um, so, topics for today. I see three here in our paper uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start with this? It's kind of old news by now, but um, still, I feel like this is the last week we have to talk about it before WWDC. Um, wait, no, that's not true. Next week, we're still. I don't know, maybe. So uh, Federico Vitici and the folks at Mac Stories, they uh, released this video on YouTube. It's called um, iOS 11 concept video. You know, Gruber linked to it, and it's been around everywhere, I feel like, on Twitter. And it's a very interesting concept video with some neat ideas for iOS 11. And let, let's be honest, it's, this is iPad, basically, just iPad-specific features. I'm actually curious to, to to know how many of these features would also be on the uh, on the iPhone version. Um, so what what do you think? Mm. <laughs> what do you think of this video? Well, I have a lot of thoughts. Right. Well, I guess like one of my first, I mainly had a, a question for you. Like, what do you think about concept videos in general? Um. Like the this this type of video, meaning very polished, a lot of editing, a lot of work went to it. I feel like it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's not false. 
Um, <laughs> like most, I'd say for most videos like this, that's kind of what I would say. I think most of the time it's just so poorly executed <laughs> that it's kind of like mm-hmm. this flashy, like, hey, like I want to grab your attention. It's just like a bunch of weird, like random rumors that I just like stitched together in After Effects. And there it is. Yeah, what I, yeah, so what I don't, the, the question was what I think about concept videos or concept, uh, I guess, renders or they all fit the same bag. So my, my opinion on it is disregarding the fact if, if the renders or the videos or the concepts, if they're like feasible, they're like realistic or not. It's just the fact that you are putting work onto something like this hypothetical what if this is what i think uh apple or samsung or google or whatever they're gonna do whatever um because i feel like it's very <laughs> has a very short lifespan right you're putting a lot of work into it and yeah. whatever when whatever comes out it's kind of lost right right it's kind of forgotten forever so that's why yeah. i feel like it's a bit waste of time uh, because you're trying to solve a problem that you're not going to be able to solve right like yeah, yeah. maybe there's some good For ideas sure. in the best case scenario <laughs> And if let's take Apple for example, if Apple Apple is not implemented, uh, the best case scenario is maybe Apple will be inspired by something that you came up with, and they'll do it on the next. I don't know. I, I feel like that that's seems the best case scenario. But then you're you're never gonna get credit, and it's not you know. Uh, anyway, um, and also it can be a little misleading. Do you remember this? I think it was like iPhone um, five or six. This very popular video that was um, on youtube in where like the iphone would project a keyboard on like a surface like on on the, on the desk oh, for example oh yeah, yeah, yeah do you remember this <laughs> yeah i remember that so i hated that one because it was it was very obviously it was trying to pass by like a, as a legit real thing and so right. i remember distinctly having not one, not two, like a bunch of friends of mine think, hey, hey, what do you think about the new iPhone? Looks pretty cool, right? And I'm like, you know, no, that's not a real thing. So they were all tricked. They were all fooled. <laughs> and that's like, now you're not just, you know, having fun and trying to guess what Apple is coming up with. You're like, you're having a negative impact. You're tricking people. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Yeah, which this... To be fair, like this video is not trying to do like no, it no, says no, explicitly like not. this is a concept video made by these people. Like it is not. It is a concept. It's not the real thing. Um, but I agree with you. Like it's it's not something that is going to be like practical or useful to anybody. I think the way that I view it is it's almost like when you know when you write a, a blog post and you include a picture, kind of help people see what you're thinking like Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i treat these um and and to me for a lot of these things like it always comes down to execution if the execution is there then i think it can forgive a lot and that video like nails execution pretty much i'd say not for everything but for a lot of things i I would say nail I mean, it did, it did, it, it did a good job. It did a, a right job. It gets really close to like w- 
if Apple, let's say Apple were to do this, would they do it this way? And I think in a lot of cases, I would say yes. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. They they tried really hard, and and they did a good job at doing something that it's kind of it's like it's realistic right yeah you could see apple doing something like this it's not you know oh you you blow on your phone and and it <laughs> flies right or like a projector it will project the keyboard on whatever holograms so it's very like you know down to earth and and it's something that i could see this being a thing a real thing with that said um there are a couple of things that i think are just bad decisions and it wouldn't be a really good move. Um, Let's walk through them. Especially, <laughs> okay, so it's the biggest gripe that I have with this, and I feel like I could put it all in the same bag, which is the new drag and drop interaction model. Um, that it could, for example, if you have, by the way, all of this is on I- iPad. And disclaimer, I, th- I feel like most people that listen to this know already, I'm not a big iPad user, right? <laughs> um, I tried uh, very often, and I th- I think that Apple really should invest more on the iPad. Uh, but it's it always feels like the like the black sheep of iOS. Like you know, iOS is made for the iPhone, and then they try if they have time and resources to spare. <laughs> oh, sure, we'll try to do. Oh, you need multitasking? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, okay, I'll try to do something. Um, so. <laughs> Anyway, so that was disclaimer. Uh, the drag and drop thing. So, for example, if you have uh, two apps on uh, open at the same time, multitasking on the iPad, and if you, by the way, that that's also a thing, something that was not super clear. I feel like if you tap and hold, right, and you will get the little like it would float, and oh. and you could, you could drag it across, and this is where it starts. Uh, my gripe. You could drag it across the other app, and you could. You know, drop it there. Um, and for example, if the other app is something like Notes, it would drop it. Like if you're dragging an image or a, a paragraph, it would drop it in line. Um, but you could also drag it to the top, and you would see this new thing called a drawer, right? Or the shelf, I think they call it. Shelf, yeah, something like that. Which is, it's basically like a clipboard, a visual clipboard, right? You can store things in the shelf. Yeah. And use it later. That's how I feel. Let's be honest. Like um, this is very unlikely to happen. <laughs> yeah. The shelf part. And, and also there's another way that I really couldn't understand how you do it, but you could also drag that. Let, let's take image as an example. You drag an image. You could drag it to the opposite app, but then enter the springboard mode. And then for example, you could drag it to the reminders icon, for example, and create new reminders. Like all right. of this. This is like how would I discover and understand this model? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean it's a power user feature, right? So it's it's not necessary to be like super in your face in terms of UI. I agree that some of that stuff could be a bit more clear or straightforward for how it works. Um, but I think like the dry, the concept of drag and drop, like couldn't get be clearer. Like I, I feel like it's kind of weird, like uh, on a touch device that you can't drag one thing all the way to the other. Like it seems like if any device would do this, it would be iOS. No. Yes. That the just the basic concept of 
you know, tap and hold. Yeah. And it would float and you could drop it somewhere else. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's so weird that you can't do that. <laughs> just when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. And for, for their other stuff where you're basically using two hands to do two gestures. So like you're dragging a photo and you're also scroll either scrolling the view to decide where to place it or you're um, like basically pulling the app down to reveal like kind of the app um, app mm-hmm. picker or whatever and dragging a thing there. I think that's probably not a great like like great idea in general. Like, I mean like it might work fine but it just like it would feel very awkward like if i just imagine like what it's like when i'm holding an ipad like i'm usually not i don't usually have like two hands available to well, do gestures you would say that you have an ipad mini right so it's like on on the ipad the 12 inch whatever the the huge it's not tw- is yeah, it 12? maybe the, if it's on the, a table in the cover right like the fact that you can only use like one finger or one hand at a time it's pretty weird even on the mac which like okay you only have usually you only have one input device so it's like a mouse you don't have like two mouses mice two mice that's uh (laughs) english um but i actually use that all the time so my setup on my imac is i have my mouse magic mouse i have my keyboard and i have a magic trackpad uh, trackpad so i Effectively, I do have two pointing devices on my iMac. And I've been using this setup almost all my professional, like almost my career. And especially on Sketch, like I feel crippled when I don't have both. And this started just because I started with a laptop and I had a mouse on the laptop. But of course, because it's a laptop, we also have the trackpad on the laptop. Right. And I effectively used both on, with, on Sketch, just like dragging stuff and scrolling at the same time and stuff like that um so when i migrated or upgraded to my imac i felt the need for it like i felt crippled without it so i do have that and i use it all the time like dragging something uh like with my mouse like a file and then using the trackpad to enter um mission control or whatever or to scroll down so i can find a place where i want to drop that does that make sense right so yeah it's definitely some like a power user thing but since we're talking about that uh, <laughs> i feel like it's not a terrible idea no that's what i'm saying like it's, it is in theory a good idea in practice i just don't know how like how useful that would be or like how much i would use it mm-hmm. but um who knows i mean that's like obviously this is where prototyping would be interesting uh, and maybe they they've done that and it worked fine. But um, do you know like yeah. why? I think the reason that we don't have drag and drop or two hand multi gesture multi touch gesture thing is because iOS is an iPhone thing. And think like on the iPhone, would you drag and drop something like it's it's such a small screen that you really wouldn't find the need to do that and two hand gesture on the iphone like again it's such a small screen that it, that's just a bit weird so yeah i feel like the ipad weird. is suffering because of the iphone right oh well i mean okay so if the ipad didn't share the same os as the iphone do you think the ipad would be in a better shape or in a worse shape i would say better shape 
I would say worse shape. Why do you think that? So they haven't even made any iPad-specific features um, in a year, really. Like well, because it starts in iPhone, but at least it gets the improvements that the iPhone gets. Like at the very least, it gets kind of the basis, and then um, also, what about all of the um, the apps? Like it, right now, it's it's still hard, but fairly a lot less work to just port over an, an iPhone app to make it run on the iPad. Um, but can you imagine if you had to write a new app from scratch for the iPad? <laughs> There'd be a okay, lot so less maybe, apps. Maybe I'm I'm misunderstanding the question. The way I see this and the way I interpreted your question was, if back in 2010, when they unveiled the iPad, it was not iOS 3.0.2, actually. I think that was... <laughs> um, it was, you know, iOS pad version, whatever. Pad like a fork of iOS. Uh, that would not share the same update, like release cycle of iOS on the iPhone. It was a different, like it was a fork. Um, I feel like today in 2017, that OS would be in better shape than iOS on the iPad is right now. See, but this is where I disagree because I, I just don't think that they would prioritize it like any more than they, they do today. So unless, unless they would have done incredible work on that first version, which maybe, maybe they would have done that. Uh, and then iPad would have been like fine because it would have been mostly stagnant from that initial version. But honestly, like iPad hasn't had a lot of software love in forever. Like it's just always been updating to, to get to whatever the iPhone is. So without the iPhone to like bring it forward, this is a chicken in the egg situation because you don't see a lot of app support and just support from Apple on the iPad because it's not selling well and, you know, there's just the money is not there and people really don't do much with it. And it's like, well, you can do real work on the iPad because there are no third party apps really investing in trying to build something great because not even Apple is doing that anymore. <laughs> in the beginning, at least they try like doing GarageBand, which is not really a pro app, but at least was something like content creation type of thing. So it's like third-party developers are not in it because they can't make money on it and they can't make money on it because uh, users are not using their iPads for actual work where they would spend money. So iPads is like, it's a way for your kids to watch YouTube and a way for you to read the New York Times and watch Netflix on a bed. Right? It's like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think what you're arguing for is more attention to the iPad, which I, right. I completely agree with that. But I mm -hmm. think like if you keep their like the same level of attention being put on the iPad, I think the iPad is better off as being like on iOS rather than its own thing. Because at the so very least, it still gets yearly updates and it gets the same features that the iPhone does, which it definitely wouldn't if it was its own OS. I can totally see that. Basically, what you're saying is, Apple doesn't spend the resources and time on the iPad, so just by sharing the OS with the iPhone, at least it will get it will get some features. That, yes, because people are building it for the iPhone, so yeah. it's like I'll take the leftovers, whatever you have. <laughs> um, exactly. 
and I'm arguing more like, all right, if you forced it and made its own thing, you would have its own team, and maybe it would have more. Right. Maybe it would have yeah. more resources and whatever. Yeah. So let, let's take that. Have you have you listened to the latest uh, the talk show with with Jim Dalrymple? I have. Yes. So they they talked a lot about the iPad and the future of whatever, and I know uh, it it doesn't sound like they had, you know more information than we have or like no. that they know something it did that it didn't came off like that but they both said that they really believe that ipad is going to be is going to have a lot of focus this wwc right wwc is all about software um historically so we're going to see a lot of ios 11 things um so I wonder if this is the year in where at least they talk about like iOS 11 and then here's on the iPad, like iPad specific features. Because I feel like even last WWDC, like they talked about iOS 10. Did they even show iOS 10 running on an iPad? Like I don't even remember that. Maybe they had That's like a screenshot. That's a question. I don't know. Home or whatever. <laughs> like they just show here's iOS 10 on the iPhone basically. <laughs> I mean, they they must have, like when they were talking about HomeKit, maybe or something. Like that. That's what I thought as well. But it's yeah. like a screenshot. I don't. I don't uh, know. Like, yeah, like there has to be some screenshot at some point. But yeah, I agree sure. with you. Like it was just like okay, yeah, it it, it was basically, and it also works on the iPad, kind of. Right. <laughs> so I am totally fine, and we can do like we kind of did already uh, iOS eleven predictions, but yeah. It was more talking about the the rumored uh, visual overhaul, visual cleanup, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. facelift, yeah. um, refresh. <laughs> There's a lot of words, uh, but maybe we can we can just dive a little bit more in this. Like, I would be okay if this year with this OS iOS 11, it would be like the focus of iOS 11 is the iPad, and also the iPhone gets a couple of new things. Maybe Apple Music specific like updates and the there's a, like you said there's more consistency in the UI across apps and across the system maybe and they're gonna have floating cards and boxes in the UI <laughs> <laughs> and they'll get rid of the thin icon line icons and I'll be happy. <laughs> huh, interesting. So the <laughs> there's a part in me that is kind of like. Yeah, sure. This would be great for iPad people, but <laughs> I also don't use an iPad very much. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's just but like, I want to no, use like, an iPad. Just focus on the iPhone. Like, this is what I, the product that I use. <laughs> but I agree that the iPad needs a lot of of that attention, mm-hmm. which like the iPhone is frankly fine. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe this is all about the iPad, um, and yeah. I mean, it'd be fine, it, but, but for me, like, it's, I mean, the iPad could gain a lot of the features that are in the iOS 11 concept and it would make it a bit better to use the iPad, but I still wouldn't use an iPad as my primary work device. No. Right? Like, is that, I do wonder, like, I, I almost feel like the main problem on the iPad, well, there, there is like the lack of capabilities, but it is also just the lack of apps for me to do the work that i need to be doing (laughs) 
I need Xcode I just, I just on, wonder. on that iPad. Like, until there is an Xcode on this iPad, like, this is useless to me. Until there is a, a w- sketch version on this iPad, like, this is useless to me. I need to be able to create things. I wonder if when Apple says that iPad is the future of computing, whatever, I wonder, uh, I don't think they're, they're meaning... <laughs> they mean it's not there yet. <laughs> so I don't think mean. they mean that everyone will switch from using a computer, a Mac or whatever, to using an iPad. I think they really mean it when they say it's the future. Like, it's not you, old dinosaur. It's <laughs> all of those kids right now that the only computing device that they have is an iPad to watch YouTube and to do whatever. That generation is going to grow just using an iPad every day. And they already today, kids look at computers and they like it's old to them. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that. So, like, mm-hmm. but okay, what those is those kids will need to is, use Xcode someday, right? What is everyone learning in school uh, these days? Fidget spinner, oh. they're learning computer science, they're learning programming. Like, that's that's the cool thing to be doing right now, right? And there's a crap ton of demand for that. Like, that's what people are doing. Can you do this on the iPad? I mean, you can do like Swift Playground stuff, and you can have a text editor that writes the local files, but you're not going to get very far with that. No. So unless something like that becomes available for the iPad, then I don't see how this is going to be the future of anything work-related. Like, it just seems like an optional device then. Yeah, and it's it's all on Apple. You could say, like, well, third-party developers also need to take a leap of faith and, you know, yeah, invest no. in this, but it's not. Like, like Apple needs, Apple to, needs to empower... In- yeah, Apple needs to empower third-party developers to be, actually be able to do this. Because imagine that all of software development or all of creative whatever, well, you had to do it with uh, an Apple app, right? So sure, if you want to develop iOS apps, you have Xcode, you're fine. If you want to build websites, uh, you can't really. Right? But you know, like I'm even at a point where I'm just like, okay, Apple, like I, it might be too hard to, for you to create like an environment where like third parties can be successful because it's really hard to pay, make people uh, pay money for stuff that is free. Um, and that they don't value. Um, so just use the massive piles of money you have and just create a team who is just going to make what it's the text editor team <laughs> for crying out loud. Like, yeah, they, I think they that just they're like they make money a text editor. This is the text editor you use on the iPad, it works for all the web technologies, like the same way that they make WebKit, make apps like this. Like, we now we have the graphic design team that's working on the new shiny new graphic design app for ipad like like fund all these essential apps for people that like need those apps to make their living the same way that they make final cut pro like i i see that same need that apple saw in in the mac uh many years ago in the ipad where there's there's just no apps to do these things and Nobody can make them because they're going to lose a shit ton of money. So Apple, like you need to like will these apps into existence by just like funding them and having them be massive loss leaders, but still you're making a crap ton of money. So that's fine. They spent all their money on the new doorknobs. 
Damn. Um, speaking of uh, spending money, uh, we have a sponsor again. Shopify, they're back. Back again. You want to tell us about Shopify? Yes. Like you're, you're good. Let me just pull you're, out the, the you're the best person to tell us about Shopify. All right. So let me tell you about Shopify. Uh, so we have a team of over 180 people uh, in our UX team that is spread across five offices in Ottawa, Toronto, Waterloo, Montreal and even San Francisco. So if you live in San Francisco, you might still be able to join Shopify, uh, which is great. Uh, we recently uh, released our design system, which is called Polaris. Um, and this is a brand new overhaul of our entire uh, design system for all of our products. So that includes mobile, that includes uh, the web, um, and it's, it's super comprehensive. Um, and we released it publicly. So all of our partners, all the people who build apps on top of the Shopify platform have access to that, um, that same toolkit that we do internally. Um, so what this allows us to do is to create software that is super consistent, uh, but also seamlessly integrates with all of the, our different products and services. Um, and it also kind of shows like, the world kind of an insight into the way that we think about things um and, and i think personally that that's like the systems team at shopify is probably like one of the most exciting teams to to work at just like in general in the industry like there's you can have such a big impact and you can define a system from scratch that tons of people use and that's very rare to see um so yeah that's really great um, we also um, have over 400,000 merchants, uh, which all of them have tons and tons of, of customers. So no matter where you, you work, you, your work is going to touch a lot of different people. So you can check out more details about our design process and our UX team on Twitter, Instagram, Medium. Um, and our username on all of these platforms is at ShopifyUX. Um, so it's easy to remember. Uh, you can go and check it out. Uh, and the reason we're talking about this is because we're hiring designers, content strategists, researchers, and UX leads. Um, so maybe if you enjoyed the show, um, this is your chance to come and and work with me on something. Uh, that would be great. I would I would love to hear. Uh, if you do apply uh, to Shopify, like let me know. If you have any questions, uh, just reach out to me and um, I'd love to help out. Um, so we care a lot about diversity of thought uh, and we also like really put a lot of effort um, into making sure that we create an inclusive space for everybody. Um, so we really welcome people from all backgrounds to apply. So check out Shopify.com careers for more information. And our thanks to Shopify for sponsoring Layout. It's a great gig. It really is. Really I know is. I'm biased, but <laughs> it really uh, is. It's probably the the company that I follow most people from, for some reason. Like it's not be- I don't follow them because they're a Shopify, but just because they're great people and great designers. It Boom. is. It really is a great game. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you tweeted. Uh, if something feels wrong in a design, but you can't explain what. Is it really a problem? And I saw that tweet, and I was like, uh, 
yeah and then <laughs> <laughs> like it was very obvious to me like it was uh yeah but then i i saw the replies and it turns out it's not that obvious <laughs> this is not this is not an easy turns question out people are dumber than you think <laughs> <laughs> not, just, just kidding not, not dumber like you know so you ask this and i am assuming that because you asked you don't know or you're not sure so so right so, so what do you think my tweet was intentionally um like devoid of any opinion because <laughs> i was very curious just to see um what different people think because i think it's not so clear cut like i could very well argue either sides of this so uh okay so you're gonna have to argue i would love to hear your side and i will play devil's advocate okay or uh as i say in edify devil's avocado um that that (laughs) so uh to me it's like if something feels wrong it's because there's something wrong but a lot of the times you can't express you can't communicate you can't um you can't really grasp what it is but if you're feeling something it's because it's there right like then why if nothing is wrong why would it feel wrong if nothing is wrong right it's like you you feel ill uh but you go to the doctor and they're like i don't know so if you if the doctors can't say what's wrong does it mean like nothing is wrong <laughs> would you just accept that I don't, I, I, this is so clear to me that it's like, it's even hard for me to try to, um, <laughs> like, for example, um, in the very early days of my career, <laughs> when I was just starting out as a designer, uh, I was trying to design something and I looked at it and it felt weird and wrong and bad. <laughs> and be. Because I didn't have the experience, I just couldn't really understand what it was. But it was definitely wrong. It was bad. Like, hey, maybe you should add more um, white space across, like, or line height. A lot of the time, like, line height is something that you don't uh, think about. And, like, you can't really identify the problem because you, maybe you don't have experience. Maybe you don't really know what you're talking about. Like, maybe you're not a designer and you see something it feels weird. Um but it doesn't mean that it's not wrong. It just means that you don't know what makes it wrong, right? Right. Okay. So play Devil's Avocado and tell me <laughs> okay. what do you think. So, um, like this, this tweet really comes from like my perspective, and it's, it's definitely like something that I've been uh, like thinking about and kind of going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if if the listeners don't know, um, I'm a design lead at Shopify. So uh, what I do is I have to give a lot of feedback in my day to day. Like that's just part of what I do. Um, so it's I, I do a lot less of like actual hands on designing, but I do see a, an incredible amount of designs every day. And one of my main things that I have to do is is give that feedback to people. Um, and sometimes it happens that I see a design and I see something that is, I don't know, 
feels weird sometimes, you know, and it's it's really hard to describe. Um, and and sometimes, you know what, I fail at explaining what is wrong with it. And I kind of que- like I question myself about it, like, what do I feel is wrong? Like, nope, not the it's not the typography. Nope, it's not the layout. Nope, it's not the colors. Nope, it's not the contrast. Nope, it's not the consistency. Like, I and I run through this whole checklist in my mind, and I'm like, I'm not coming up with anything. Like, it on paper, like this is great. Like, this is this solves all the problems that we have. Like, there's no major downside. It. It looks fine like it doesn't look broken or anything like it's it's consistent with what we have like it makes sense yet there's still something about it that kind of feels weird and so sometimes i do wonder like is it really a problem or am i am i just like weird like am i just like we often see like as designers like the classic like client that just wants to like just change something like change the color or make whatever. the logo bigger or make the logo bigger uh is that because, your client impression <laughs> yes make the logo bigger um <laughs> because they just want to have like their fingerprint on it right and so i asked myself like am i that person in that moment like am i the weird person where there's just like yeah, this is fine, but like, I kind of feel like I want to be useful here <laughs> and like provide feedback that actually isn't feedback, like it, that it's not a problem. So that's okay. kind of the thinking that goes into my head of like, dude, are you just crazy here? And like, if you were the designer doing this, you'd be like, yeah, I mean, this is fine. Like, this is totally not a problem. Because um, when I see some sort of design i'm like this feels wrong but i can't explain why it sure feels like a failure like as a lead that i can't voice that opinion and if i can't voice that opinion how can i expect the people on my team to be able to like respond to that feedback like that's not that's that's shitty feedback like if someone just tells you it feels wrong then it's like it's just not useful you know what i mean yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, still, I can see a lot of angles with this. It maybe, maybe just maybe the the thing that it it is a problem, and that's like the question: Is it a problem that it feels wrong to you? Maybe the problem is with you, like you said, and this is totally normal. And I'm not saying like you, Kevin, just you feeling that something is wrong and you can't pinpoint you can't really put your finger on what is wrong maybe it is with you like like i said like the client maybe sometimes something uh you know a designer comes up with a design and for the clients or for like the ceo of the company that is paying for that work the make the logo bigger maybe what is wrong is that the client is not feeling in control or this is you know this is also like he he participated in this that that could be a problem not necessarily with the design but with the situation so maybe it feels wrong to you because it could be just you right there's a problem with you like you <laughs> oh no because it's, it was not you or whatever I, I i don't mean this like as an attack i feel like this is really 
fair like this is a normal thing to happen yeah, no i agree with you and i, I think this about happens it. to me yeah I, this happens to me a lot especially because i'm used to either working independent so it's just me or working at very small teams where a lot of the times i'm the only designer right and when there's more people coming in sometimes i feel that as well like because it was not me like i'm not in control or like i would do things differently i can't explain that those different things would be better it's not an improvement improvement per se it's just because i would do things in another way so it feels weird to me right right um that is that is fair that happens that is normal i feel like uh in that particular in that specific example that you used it it also could be that you as a design lead or you as a design critic you know that's a profession um Uh, you don't have like this (laughs) you don't have the skills maybe or the experience to be able to voice or to interpret every little thing just for yourself so maybe yes it feels wrong maybe there's something some weirdness that you can't identify in then because of that you can't communicate and because of that it's your problem so i, I feel like you just have to solve to to swallow it and just move on like you said right like just saying that it feels wrong is not really useful feedback yeah the the designer can't really act on it what can you do do something different just for the sake of being different and no try that? i mean i do think that like there is a part of responsibility that falls on to the designer like the the feedback that i provide to you is um more of a like we we have this like kind of cliche thing that we say like feedback as a gift right like but it's this is there for as a thing for you to improve this is not like my responsibility in a way like i I don't know Mm. if that's like the wrong way to say this but basically like i think you as a designer like have a responsibility in getting the right feedback and the same way that when i was working with my own shitty clients i would have them get to the bottom of why they feel something is wrong and i would also like ask them questions to get them to think and provide me the kind of the right kind of feedback that they need and that's not to say i shouldn't do a better job at delivering my feedback and i want to be clear here like this is this doesn't happen all the time like this happens like Mm -hmm. once everyone like every once in a while like i'm I do give an incredible amount of feedback every I have day. Done that, so um, <laughs> I was so trying like, to tell so like, you. So like, don't do not get me wrong here. Like, this is not like I didn't start doing this yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I think it it is still kind of a shared responsibility of like, okay, we're in this together. Like, we're gonna try to find the right like problem together, and mm-hmm. in the same way that. Like when you go to the doctors and you say, my leg hurts, like if that's all you tell them, like they're going to ask you more questions. They're going to try to get to the bottom of it. Right. Yeah. And but that's not the thing. It's if it's, if it's a, if it, if it's a doctor saying to another doctor, you know, my leg hurts <laughs> and I, I've made all the tests, but it still hurts. and. You know, because this is a designer to another designer, usually. Like, 
and that's why maybe I am not too sure that I agree there with you when you said when you said like the responsibility also falls into the designer because you as a designer already had to like dig deep to get to the bottom of why something is wrong and bad because like now you know so you could you could do that yourself so if something feels wrong you do the exercise of asking why asking you know trying to dig deep as to really what is the problem and not necessarily the design that's how i feel but then again i i never managed other designers yeah. design manager, so, <laughs> so I, you know so take it one thing that happens and i mean i do try to stay like very like hands-on and involved in like all the projects uh mm-hmm. that my reports take on um so like obviously i think I'm pretty hands-on on a lot of these things and know what's going on, but um, I have maybe like five or six projects that I'm like managing or like overseeing at the same time. That person has one. Um, and so there's also part of like, hey, like you're thinking about this problem like 100% of your time. I'm thinking about it one-fifth and that's without counting all of the other responsibilities that I have. But um, if you say this feels weird or this feels wrong, and that's the only thing that you can give, then the ball is on the designer's court, and he can't really act on it. Right. right? Yeah. Exactly. So at, at which, best, which like the designer brings us back to, to the question, like, is stuff. it? Which brings us back to the question, like, is it even a problem? Like, if if none of us can explain it, then I don't know. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's just a weird feeling, or and maybe it's just that. Uh, something subjective that we should disregard so what if let's let's play this mind game and just say okay imagine that this is just a problem with you in this instance what if 10 percent of the users in the you know in production uh feel that that is weird and is wrong but they can't put the finger on is it a problem if 10 percent of your users or 20 or whatever feels that something is wrong they can't really tell you what it is but they feel like it's wrong is that a problem? I would say, yeah. Have you ever seen a user tell you this feels wrong? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. In a lot of the user testing that I've done, this is, has very rarely happened. Like, w- what I, you often see is people with like very strong opinions, like this doesn't make any sense, or like this is, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine, or like. Oh, uh, like, or you get them, you ask them like, oh, can you explain what, what this does? And they have no idea and they like make up an answer that doesn't make any sense. Like mm-hmm. crap, like we should have done a better job at, at explaining this user interface and mm-hmm. in, in like our UI. But I rarely feel like people talk about that stuff because oftentimes it's in the things that don't show up on a screen. Like you can do everything that you can, you have to do. And so, I don't know, I feel like it's rare that that stuff shows up in user testing. I don't know, maybe that's just me. It's tricky to pick that up because you kind of have to yeah, ask you can, for yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can sense it sometimes. Where you're just right, like, but just, it just right, asking right. for it, it's already like, yeah, it's already by it. Like, yeah. The results are not pure. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you ask, does it feel wrong? Like, well, then you're asking for it. That's not really right. Yeah, user testing is an art. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. the whole reason why I kind of 
brought up this question and kind of had this little debate with people on Twitter um, is because I think like the core of this is that identifying the right problem gets you a lot closer to be able to find the right solution. And I think it's important for all of us to try to understand a lot more of these um, maybe more subjective feelings and then know how to turn them into like actionable feedback. And that's as important for the designer as the person who's giving feedback. So we should all help each other like give and receive better feedback. And that just leads to better work. Preach. Boom. We did it. Hey, we have to wrap up. Uh, it's getting it's getting already <laughs> a long show. Um, we do have one extra thing on the on the topics, which is uh, Framer. They're unveiling something, and this is why I really don't want to talk about it because this is coming out the day of this unveiling. This this episode is coming out May thirty first, right? Yeah, yeah. This is Wednesday. Um, and so by the time you're listening to this, Framer. Uh, unveiled something. Uh, well, I kind of we kind a design revolution. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> no less than that. In the past, the <laughs> framer tweeted this uh, video teaser of they have like a design and a code mode in Framer, and they're unveiling it this now. Go to framer.com to find out more. And so, yeah, by the time you're listening to this, we know it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we'll probably talk about it i'm uh, here in the past i am excited no well i think we'll have to move it because it's it's gonna be wwdc show oh so. is it yes. oh sorry framer yeah so um, we'll, we'll we'll keep framer in the backlog <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it at some point <laughs> and we'll tweet about it for sure so you can follow us i am rafa hari on the twitters and kevin is vernal kick on the twitters Yep. So follow us and see what we think of Framer. Go do it now. Um, do it. Hey, we have some business, unfinished business that we have we to do. take care of. See, we go. all the people who listen to the end of the show, this is where mm -hmm. all the action is. So yeah, boom. Always tune into the end, folks. That's what you got to do. So we have a winner to announce. So if you uh, didn't listen to last week's episode or... Um, you forgot about it. Um, well, <laughs> it is now too late for you to enter the contest. Um, so we had a contest um, for one lucky listener to win um, the brand new book that just recently came out uh, called Tragic Design. It is written by um, one of my coworkers, design director at Shopify. It is an incredible book. Um, it is really, really good, and I highly recommend it for everyone. So even even if you don't win it, uh, we'll put a put a link in the show notes to the um like Amazon links and everything to go buy it. Uh, it's published by O'Reilly, so you know it's legit. Um, and yeah, you should really go and check it out. Um, so you ready to announce the winners? No, not yet. Wait. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so let's 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 just do a pause here between you and me. When, you when say I pause. say pause, I mean I mean <laughs> stopping, not, uh, uh, okay. not the animal not, not uh, pause. 
Um, so the winner is. Do I say? Oh, it? you're saying. It? <laughs> I'm <not> sure. <laughs> Um, all right. Wait. Well, I should. I should just do it. All right. So I, I need. I need a drum roll. And the winner is. You don't have to make the sound effects yourself. Like I can. We we have the power of editing. <laughs> the power of editing. <laughs> and the winner is David Vernier. Congrats. Yay! Congrats, David. So uh, just shoot us a DM, uh, give us your address, and we'll mail that to you. And like I said on the last show, you'll get a special note from me, uh, and it will be signed by Cynthia, the author. So awesome. Good. Uh, thanks for participating, everyone. Uh, and yeah, uh, hopefully other people can win next time we do a, we do a giveaway. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had a more. Uh, I think at least it felt like it. We had more people um, participating. Yeah, coming in. This is good. Yeah, this giveaways good. are are awesome to to do. I don't know. I just love this. I feel like Oprah. Yeah, you get a book. You get a book. <laughs> I just started going giveaway stuff for the sake of this podcast. Yeah. Hey, I have a plant here. Does anyone who had a plant? <laughs> I'm gonna give away my plant. <laughs> Hey, I have an extra pair of air, uh, earpods. Anyone want some earpods? Let's do it. <laughs> Should have a giveaway every week. All right. Uh, starting next week. Okay. Um, so, all right. So before we go, you know, uh, we we can't we can't escape this. Uh, we have to do uh, recommendations. Yes, as always. So I feel like we should have a recommendations jingle. Uh, I feel like you know it's been too long, right? It's way overdue. Right I now. agree. Right? Like it's. Yeah. It's the one segment that we have every week without exceptions. Should it should it so, be uh should it be user user submitted or listener submitted? It's hey listeners, it's your time to do a giveaway. <laughs> Give away a jingle that we could use. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that'd be fun. Obviously, like this is I mean, let's let's be honest here. Like we're it this is a call for, for spec work. And I'm not super proud of that, but um, think of all the amazing exposure you're going to get. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, honestly, like um, if a listener wants to do it and it's, it's good, uh, so let's, let's just put that clause out there. It's good. And <laughs> yeah, we can yeah, use yeah. it. Um, we I would have love to like to. it. Like this is a show for you, the listeners, and it'd be super awesome to have you like be involved in one of the part of the shows that we do every single week so i don't know i just think that could be awesome um so yeah if anyone wants to do it um please please do we'd love to to include in the show last time i like i i knew of a jingle submitted by someone to a podcast was atp's uh theme song and now it's the theme song of every single show so okay so now this week uh because we don't have a theme song so Time for recommendations, <laughs> Kevin and Rafa. All right, dude. <laughs> it won't be hard to top that. Right. So, <laughs> this is, bar, this is where bar we are. Very Try low. to beat that, listeners. <laughs> so called. All right, dude. <laughs> okay, let me start with my recommendation. So my recommendation mm. this week is Hidden Figures. 
Um, it is, I mean, very popular movie. You've probably heard about it. Um, I very recently got the chance to watch it. And it's so good. Like, obviously, like, this is a romanticized version of history, but it's based on real people. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so you basically follow these three amazing ladies that work for NASA um, and that kind of like push boundaries. Uh, it also talks about a lot of interesting topics that don't necessarily get uh, spoken about in, in media, uh, just in general. So things like allyship and um, also automation, uh, which is like very interesting to me. Uh, but more importantly, it highlights three really important wom women that, uh, have really shaped the world of, uh, like space exploration, but also technology in general, and that are, in my opinion, super inspiring. And I think it's a real shame that I had no idea who these people are, hence the title, Hidden Figures. Um, but yeah, I would <laughs> definitely love to see more movies like this. Uh, so highly recommend it same uh, yeah I've seen the movie it's, it's a really good movie um, okay uh, my recommendation is not one not two YouTube videos but actually I don't know how many there are a shit ton of YouTube videos it's a series by Apple called How to Shoot on iPhone 7 and the reason I'm recommending these are uh, it's just because the videos itself, they're so cool. Like, I love the, the art direction. I love the editing. I love how they play with the music and the sound effects and all. Like, yeah. it's so good. And I love how, I think it's really smart how they show, like, basically this is a tutorial for you to use, like, how to use an iPhone, whatever. And so without without having, like, a, a circle to represent your finger or whatever like how they communicate click this button i feel like it's so smart sometimes like you see the button and then like it zooms out and the button goes to where it is so you know where to click right like, stuff like that is so brilliant and a lot of the videos are uh, are in in portrait mode so which is like something that i hate on videos in general but and I did not know this, but if a video is in portrait mode and if you're watching it on your phone, on the YouTube app, if you are on portrait and you click the full screen mode uh, on a video, it will play full screen portrait. Um, so that's like some of the videos are just, that's how you, that's the best way to watch them. So go watch it on your phone and just hit the full screen. And yeah, yeah. And I, most of the stuff that they show, I've, I knew already, right? It's not like, but it's not like you learn a lot of stuff, but maybe you do. There's always cool info yeah, on how to take great pictures with your phone. And by the way, even though it's called how to shoot an iPhone 7, this applies to pretty much every iPhone. Um, so yeah, links in the show notes. Have you seen the webpage they made for it? I don't think I have. Let me send you a link. So I think this might even be a better page to put in the show notes than the one we have um so there's an actual web page with all of these videos um and oh, when nice. you play them in the browser like they actually play properly um in, oh, nice. in portrait mode um 
so yeah, it might be an easier way to even watch these videos. But one thing that is awesome about this page is, um, Rafa, you can probably see, uh, especially on the desktop, I don't know if it still works, it works the same on mobile, but there's a big video at the top and you see the iPhone, iPhone 7, which has like this, these like weird colors basically that it's pulling mm -hmm. from the video and how it's done it's all done through blending modes and uh like blur effects that are all like Holy in the browser pants. um this is great and it's like real text like it's just like this awesome like technical achievement so um really really awesome like take a look at the source code if you know how to code um this is really impressive and a really good showcase of how you can use blending modes in a creative way on the web which not a lot of people are doing even though that's now becoming like more of a thing that is available to you uh, in in browsers so yeah really cool page uh, so check it out this is awesome by the way the fans on my iMac just kicked in <laughs> i don't know if this is because of this page works fine on my this MacBook is Pro. great this is really, really great. Yeah. Like, it looks awesome. There's a, there's a tiny bit lag, so so you know it's real, <laughs> you know? Uh, I can't just now, I can't think of another use case without video, like, busy background happening. Mm -hmm. If it's just, like, a picture, it's kind of worthless. Right. Um, but now I kind of, I want to find a use case, like, a reason, mm -hmm. yeah. an excuse to use this. This is amazing. It looks really good. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, is it for the show? Is it for the recommendations? And um, this is good. And next next episode, next show is going to be on WWDC. Yeah, we Not might. Well, actually, WWDC, yeah. But... yeah. No, this is going to so be what? fun. We record on Monday, and then that that will be the day of the the keynote. Yeah, and then fresh. hot take. We post it on on the Wednesday. So perfect. Uh, okay, I will say here i will try no i won't promise i will try i will do my best to post that episode as soon as possible so you know monday is a keynote you're going to see all the os and all the new things uh, pretty things and you want to talk about it you want to listen to people talking about it so i know the feeling like i can't wait for atp to come out or something when that happens um so i can i can promise that i will do our I will do my best. To, you you to, promise that you will try. Yeah, I promise that I will try to post it as soon as I can. Cool. So that may probably means Tuesday morning by the time Americans wake up. That would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. And we can do a special special version of the podcast, which is less edited than than usual. So there might have some boring parts, and but you know. Gotta do no. what you gotta do. What? Boring. No. <laughs> no, we're always very that interesting. That never happens. Um, or we might make some mistakes and stuff, but that's fine. Um, so, yeah. Hey, uh, so, thank you so much for uh, listening to the show. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Layout.fm. We're also on the web. Uh, the, our website is Layout.fm. This is where... Uh, you can view all the show notes for the episodes. You can subscribe to the show. Um, and you can also contact us. So if you have any questions or anything, don't hesitate. You can always message us. Um, you can also go to spec.fm to see a bunch of great other podcasts that you might be interested in. Um, and you can find this show in Spectrum. So the URL is spectrum.chat slash layout 
sounds right. Did I do this correctly? I think that's what the the URL is. So, anyways, if it's not, whatever. Spectrum.chat. We're there. Just go out there if if you can't find it. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that was it for this week's show, and uh, we'll see you next week with uh, some iOS 11 discussion. And also, thanks to Shopify for sponsoring Layout. Uh, Once again, Shopify, they're hiring. They have a great team. I know at least one person that is pretty cool (laughs) that works at Shopify. Uh, Well, I don't know about So if you're looking for a gig, if you're looking for a gig, a very cool gig, check out Shopify.careers. And once again, thanks to Shopify for sponsoring Layout. Is Shopify.career a thing? So just go to Shopify.com slash careers to apply. Uh, Do they ask? I think they ask, like, where do you heard from? whatever yes maybe there's like a layout thing that there is check. yeah if you see layout somewhere in the page you say them because that that'll just tell us that you came from here and that will help us uh, a ton so that's it thanks and uh next week's gonna be fun see you next week dude bye